Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bump Podcast, episode number 229. It is your pals, Mario and Ryan. Mario, what's up? We just keep cranking these bad boys out. It's hard to, to keep track. I know, just keep cranking them. Yeah, everything's good, getting ready. Oh, it's been a brutal day, I know, for you and me. I mean, just trying to get everything going, getting ready for turkey day. and should be a fun day, but it's been brutal getting there. I know work has uh, just been pretty rough. Yeah, life's been pretty brutal the last couple of weeks, but, you know, the snow is starting to fall, which is a beautiful thing. And like you said, we're recording this the day before Thanksgiving. It won't be out till after Thanksgiving because, God damn it, I need a break. But yeah. we had an awesome interview today. It's going to be our main topic. We got some fun things we're going to hit you guys with. We're going to keep this one pretty short because we already put one out Monday, but we want to wanted to get one out during the Thanksgiving weekend because some people, thug life, are traveling, hitting up those resorts because there's some places that are open. That's right. Not a ton of snow, not a ton of snow, but places are open. And that's that's a big positive, especially with the way things have been going and quarantines and restrictions and lockdowns. So we're happy to see places opening up. So hopefully you're getting out there. Hopefully you're getting some turns in. If not, we'll help get you fired up, keep you excited, get you ready for when you do. Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. We are on all the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, untapped at Podcast. Send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on your favorite podcasting apps. Rate us. Subscribe. That would really help us out. Also, if you need stickers for this season, DM us on Instagram so you can help spread the love that way. We really do appreciate it. We also got the shop. There might be some Black Friday sales teaser at skibumpodcast.com slash shop. So keep an eye on that. That'll also be on the socials. We'll post that when it goes live. Thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. Mario, let's kick it off. It's time for our pray today. So my pray is just uh, water today. I'm just rehydrating after a long day. I'm also podcasting from my mom's house. Uh, that's why we have the Last Supper in back of me. Look at that. It's actually a beautiful uh, piece. It's like out of silver, painted silver. Painted silver. Look at that. So, Very classy. Very beautiful. Which is, uh, which is appropriate for Thanksgiving, possibly. Hopefully not Last Supper, but it's <laughs> supper. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I mean, it's not religious. I mean, Thanksgiving's not a religious holiday, really. No. But it's a wonderful uh, holiday. It is. So that's the background I have. But it's also, you know, she's also 80 years old. So it's literally like 78 degrees in the house. I'm melting here and I need to hydrate because I'm trying to, she had a pipe burst last week, a pipe leak. So that got fixed. And now I'm just patching up the wall and fixing up some stuff for her because that's what I do. And she's going to be thankful for your service tomorrow. Yes. Look at that. You're earning your dinner tomorrow. (laughs) That's it. Got to earn it now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How about you, Brian? My apre is not that much more exciting either like you know like you mentioned we've both been kind of slammed with stuff and we're doing this in the afternoon not usual our usual nighttime wind down have a good time so i'm just drinking my coffee in this wonderful yeti mug that i think there's one on sale there's one still left we pulled out of them uh it's just coffee with that wonderful turmeric creamer from laird hamilton that stuff oh yeah you're into that if you're into turmeric it's great it's better than sugar and milk, I guess. Apparently, if if it I like it once in a while, 
Yeah, I like that once in a while, but I actually had a bag in there for a long time and I hadn't been touching it, so it kind of it kind of went by the wayside. Yeah. Did it like clump up and stuff cuz it's coconut. I guess it's dehydrated yeah. coconut milk or cream that's used in there too. It was alright. I think I gave it to somebody or it went went in the garbage. I'm not sure. <laughs> the only bad thing about it is I drink a lot of this stuff. <laughs> a lot of coffee and a lot of yellow turmeric creamer my teeth are turning fucking yellow i like i have like <laughs> grinch teeth because of all this coffee and turmeric creamer so i gotta find some sort of like bleaching teeth kit or something to, to Dude, that crest white troops man they work great my son just got his braces off so he's doing the teeth whitening now and we were talking about oh should you go to the office and do the teeth whitening? i'm like i did it before it's bullshit you just do the, the white strips they work great they should actually have them in the laird hamilton bag so that after you yeah, after you finish the bag creamer. you can you can do you can do the white strips that's a, that's actually really good synergy there like coffee and white strips together as like a packet yeah just sample you know like a sample pack like two or three of them in there and just do them once in a while why the hell not right yeah, yeah. coffee and the and the turmeric you know that's a double double whammy it's a double yellow whammy right there i got i got yellow and brown Yellow and brown. It's all yellow, dark yellow. yellow. And brown, never a good combination. It's always <laughs> a problem. So yeah, I got to figure something out. Luckily, everyone's quarantined and locked down. And you know what? I'm married. Who the hell's looking at my teeth anyway? So yeah, yeah. it's all good. But I'll figure out a plan. Just do the white chips. They work. White chips. That's yeah. there you go. There's there's a million different versions, but just get something. Something. <laughs> I'll send. I'll send you what I have. <laughs> Some leftovers. We don't have anything in the gondola except New Jersey is screwing up marijuana legalization. Why is anyone surprised by this? Well, actually, it's it's a quick when I've been officially in the gondola. It's a quick little story about it. They're trying to get the law passed before January 1st so it can be approved so that it can be legal. What's awesome is the guy who authored the bill decided to try to sneak in decriminalizing magic mushrooms. And they're like, uh, what are you doing? They're like, we're, dude, just we to, we're just trying to get weed legalized. Now you're trying to put magic Damn mushrooms it. in this too. He's like, oh, I didn't think you'd notice. But it's uh, like, he got greedy. Oh, it's like, dude, let's just get this passed. Let's let let's take care of the magic mushrooms next year. Like, let's just get the weed legalized. So that seems well, to be talking our I was talking to our buddy Rem this afternoon. And he he told he made the comment like, oh yeah, weed's legal in Jersey. I'm like, okay, hold on a sec. Are so, you able to buy weed now? Then it's yeah. it's legal in premise, but you're not getting you don't have access to any crap right now. So yeah, yeah, it's it's such a gray area because a lot of people have the same attitude that he does. So like, I'm just gonna drive around with weed. It's like <laughs> yeah. you can still get arrested, dude. Like, yeah, it's still not quite legal, you know. Yeah. <laughs> We'll, be, we'll get there. Another month, hopefully everything will be worked out. But let's say it's been voted on. There's no law. It's it's that whole churn of the system that we complain about. Where uh, yes, you you voted to legalize it, but it's not legal and it's not available for however many years. So exactly. But hopefully in the next by January first, we'll get there. Let's go to ski news. So this is breaking news for us as we're talking about this. On the Snow is apparently back because they talked about shuttering after the whole COVID thing struck back in March or April. They shut their their whole service down, their app, everything. But yeah, they posted terrifying, right? They posted on Twitter. They're like, "Hey, we're back!" And if you go to their website, 
it is back and live, which nice. is great because they had a really good service. And we're happy to see them back. They're a great tool. And we're going to use them as the second story too, because they have a list of all the resorts that are open. That's kind of like their what they were best used and utilized for was having showing where the snowfall was, what resorts are open. Again, we're, we're doing this podcast the Wednesday before Thanksgiving Hunter mountain in New York, Mount snow in Vermont, both announced they were opening today was looking at the Hunter mountain webcam yesterday. I don't know how much snow they could blow in one night, but it did not look super skiable, but you know how it is this time of year, especially with this weather. People just are so jonesing. They want to be their opening day. They want to get that t-shirt. They want to say they did it. So they yeah. opened. It's great. But as far as places that are open, you know, I mean, looking at this list, nothing is rip-roaring open. Most places, the, the places that are the most open right now is Lake Louise. They have all 10 of their lifts open but as americans wow. can't even go there so can't even as, go as an american that doesn't even matter to us but most places you know uh again a couple others in canada have maybe four out of six lifts open uh squaw valley's got nine out of 34 stowe vermont two out of 12 sugarloaf maine two out of 13 so stuff is open wolf creek eight out of ten so there are a bunch of resorts open. Alta, A-Basin, Arizona Snow Bowl, Aspen Snowmass, Bear Mountain, California, Beaver Creek, Breckenridge, Brighton, Brundage, Buck Hill in Minnesota, Cataloochee, talked about them last week, they opened, Eldora, Grand Targhee, Granite Peak, Hunter, Keystone, Killington, Lake Louise, Lookout Pass, Loveland, Lutzen, Mammoth, Marmot Basin, Mount Norquay, Mountain High, Mount Baker, Mount Rose, Nakiska, North Star, Park City, Purgatory, Sierra Tahoe, Squaw Valley, which they haven't changed the name apparently yet. Stowe, Sugarloaf, Sun Peak, Sunday River, Sunshine Valley, Vale, Wild Mountain, and Wolf Creek. Again, none of them are at full capacity. A few are at half, but it's still it's still early and i know a lot of places are opening friday when this podcast may or may not be out try to get open for the thanksgiving weekend uh, a little sneak peek of our our conversation our main topic conversation Bretton woods in new hampshire is looking to open possibly maybe possibly. weather right now yeah the weather in the northeast is going to be precipitatious on thanksgiving is that a word yeah and I guess depending on where you are will determine whether you're getting rain or snow. So TBD, it's been, uh, you know, 2020, man, like this is what's to be expected. We were all kind of over the barrel all year and and this starting of ski season is no different, but you know what? All we can do is forge on and stay positive. What's also interesting on the, on the snow site, they have a a long range weather forecast for the winter. And they're saying places like, you know, it's like basically Vail down to Monarch is going to be like normal, but north of Vail, so like Steamboat, Cameron Pass, uh, Loveland, they're predicting above normal snow forecast. So it's weird. Uh, And then they have a chart and they have like even Killington on there with 105%. So they're saying we're going to get snow. Like every place is, a lot of places are going to get snow average to these are a lot above average 
uh, listed here. It's well, that, really, that area you said in northern Colorado, that's also kind of what benefits from La Nina. Yeah. That, Wyoming, so like, Idaho, Montana, they all seem to get kind of hit pretty hard by La Nina. Historic. So like Silverton, they're saying 85%. So they're saying it's going to be below, but you get something like, you know, Snow Basin, Snowbird, those are all like 120%. So the interesting to watch though, interesting thing to watch is not just the snowfall, but you can get the snowfall, but if the heat keeps going back up, you know, it's going to screw up the ski season. So even though you get snowfall, if you get these intermittent, like hot, you know, hot periods, that might, that might throw a wrench into things, but it's good to see that they're predicting snow. So where did you find that? Uh, if you go to on the snow, they have, you know, those panels that keep clicking. Yeah. There's yeah. One has the map and it says uh, snow forecast. Okay. So I see, I see the 1920 long range weather forecast. Which no, no, they have twenty twenty one. Okay, good. Because I'm like, that's not going to do us any good. Or if you do want to go and test it against what the actual was versus their prediction. Yeah. So that was the twenty twenty one was was that. But then if you scroll down a little, you see the chart. Uh, I'm only seeing the nineteen twenty. It's all pop ups. What category on the top nav did you go to? Well, if you scroll down a little, um, it, it's right there. It says winter snow forecast 2021. And if you click on that. I'm not seeing that for some reason. No? No. How did you get to it originally? Like, what did you? Well, I looked at the panels and I clicked on something, but then I just went back and you can ignore the panels on the top and just scroll down. And I think it's the second second little story they have in there hmm. on that next bar. Okay. Cause they also have like projected openings. Like there's a lot of stuff in here that they have. Yeah. Oh, I see. You mean like the carousel thing? Uh, yeah. Carousel. Gotcha. Okay. I just sent you the link in the, in the chat. All right. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Whisper yeah Black Hole, Sun Valley, Schweitzer, Jackson hole, big sky, and Banff are like the highest projected snowfall resorts in North America. Cool. So take that for what it is. We shall take see. Take it for what it is. Yeah. yeah. All right. And next up, and this is kind of our final cat final story in the ski news, but also a lead into our main topic. 10best.com. This is part of USA Today. They'll do all these 10 best lists. They have you know tons of different things. They just released this past year or this past week, their whole ski section. So they have all these lists of 10 bests for skiing, snowboarding, apres, on mountain dining, hotels. So we just thought we'd go through these lists because this is exactly the kind of stuff we are super into. So yeah. top 10 resorts in North America. Number one, Sunshine Village in Banff, Alberta. Number mm. two, Brundage Mountain, McCall, Idaho. Number three, Copper Mountain, Colorado. Number four, Mount Bohemia in Lac La Belle, Michigan. Number five, Kirkwood Mountain in California. Number six, Ski Land Ski Resort in Fairbanks, Alaska. 
Number seven, Cannon Mountain, Franconia, New Hampshire. Ski land. Ski land. Number eight, Lake Louise in Lake Louise. Number nine, Telluride. Number 10, Silver Star, Vernon, British Columbia. And you must be wondering, wow, that's an interesting list. I want to see what the criteria is for this list. So they're saying that they wanted to know the top 10. So they asked their readers to vote for their favorite resorts. Mountains that offer serious snowfall, very cool, lots of lift access, mm-hmm. and all the desirable amenities in town. So I'm saying this is awesome, but I'm also going to say wow. take this with a bit of a grain of salt because this is people who read USA Today. No offense to those people. Yeah. Just keep that in mind. And they do have a, a list of experts that are, you know, legitimate, that are also part of this process. But yeah, that's uh, that's a pretty interesting resort. It's not exactly the same one you'd see if you were looking at, you know, Ski Magazine or Rest in Peace Powder Magazine's top tens. Very cool list. It's very cool. I like that. Got to get out to. Got to get out to Banff. Yeah, seriously. Well. Pfft. Don't have to do it this year. I'm just hoping that border opens soon. Yeah. And they have uh, the best cross-country ski resorts. So, again, we talked last week to our, our buddy Clark about backcountry. And, you know, there's going to be a big push in Nordic travel this year and Nordic ski because of the uh, limitations, restrictions, reservations for regular alpine skiing. So this is this could be something worth checking out this year. So we have the top 10 Nordic ski resorts. We've got Devil's Thumb in Tabernash, Colorado, Bear Valley in California, Snow Mountain Ranch in Granby, Colorado, Waterville Valley in New Hampshire, Jackson Ski Touring in Jackson, New Hampshire, Crested Butte Nordic in Colorado, Gatineau in Chelsea, Quebec. Nipitka Mountain Resort in BC, White Grass Ski Touring in West Virginia, and Tahoe Cross Country in Tahoe City, California. So again, pretty interesting, varied collection of resorts there if you want to get your cross country on. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And then here we go too. Best on mountain Hmm. restaurant. I don't know how this is going to this year i don't know if people are going to be able to actually go to these places if it's going to be reservations or limited but this is a fun list to check out too so number one white horse bistro in lake louise alberta there seems to be a lot of lake louise banff results here in the, the top tens i've heard it's awesome there i have relatives who've gone in the summertime but this is something we're going to have to explore a little bit more seeing all these great results here. Number two, the Mountain Room, Sunday River, Maine. Number three, the 10th, Vail, Colorado. Four, Rustler Lodge Dining Room in Alta. Number five, Eagle's Eye Restaurant in Kicking Horse, BC. Six, the Bavarian Restaurant in Taos, New Mexico. That's right up my alley. Hmm. I got to check that one out. Number seven, Collins Grill in Alta. Number eight, Alley's Cabin in Beaver Creek. Number nine, Corbett's Cabin in Jackson Hole. We've had the waffles. They are delicious. And number 10, the nice. Roundhouse, 
Sun Valley, Idaho. All right, let's see what's next on our list here. So this is actually a super fun list just to go through. Uh, best ski hotels, how about those? One of the top 10 ski hotels, according to the 10 best USA Today. Here you go. Number one, Viceroy Snowmass. Yeah. Snowmass Village, Colorado. Two, the Blake in Taos, New Mexico. Three, the Josie Hotel, mm. Rossland, BC. Number four, Trap Family Lodge in Stowe, Vermont. Number five, Bear Mountain Lodge, Bethlehem, New Hampshire. Number six, Timberline Lodge in Oregon. Number seven, Teton Mountain Lodge and Spa in Teton Village, Wyoming. Number eight, Fairmont, Banff Springs, Banff, Alberta. If you have not stayed at a Fairmont hotel in a ski town, you, my friend, are missing out because they are freaking awesome. I've stayed at the one in Tremblant. Phenomenal. The one in Whistler has some of our favorite restaurants, those freaking steakhouses that are there. Tremendous. Number nine, Grand Hyatt Vale in Vale. And 10, the Stein Erickson Lodge in Park City, Utah. That's the life right there. Yeah. These are very fancy, high-end, highfalutin places. Not so much ski bum places. Nice, huh? Oh, yeah. And now, something that we can appreciate. The top 10 operate ski bars. Now, again... Hmm. caveat what is it going to look like this year the opera ski scene it's probably not going to be as big and ruckus as it has been in the past but here are the places you can go maybe grab a drink and and drink it outside or get one of these we do not advocate this get a yeti tumbler like this one and fill it with booze while you're driving home you could do it especially if you're not driving who's going to know who are you hurting we're not advocating you do it. We're just saying. The top 10 apres ski bars in North America. Nice. Because we have some inside information on some of these. Yeah, we I was saying do. that we haven't been to all the best ski resorts or the best ski hotels, but we have been to a good number of these best apres ski bars. Yeah. So number one, Double Diamonds Bar in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. <laughs> This one blew me away, and now I'm I'm all I can I'm thinking about this and have to get there. Number two, Iron Furnace Brewing in Franconia, New Hampshire. Franconia, oh, and it was on the top ski resort, so gonna have yeah, to check that out. Yeah. yeah, a lot going on there in uh, Franconia, New Hampshire. Number three, Clock Tower Cellar in Mammoth Lakes, California. Number four, Rocky Mountain Underground. Breckenridge, Colorado. It's kind of funny to think about Rocky Mountains and underground because they're kind of polar opposites. Yeah. I like that. Number five, High West Distillery, Park City, Utah. Mario, have you been there? Uh, you know, we've seen it a bunch of times, but I don't I don't really know if they let people in. I don't think they do. I think they uh, just keep saying, no, we're full. I have been in there once and I've been turned away three times. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I gotta say, it's not my favorite place because of that. Yeah. Bad timing. Bad timing. But it's awesome. I, I assure you, it is awesome. Well, number six. If they would advertise with us, it would be even more awesome or even let us in. That's a start. This is true. Number six, Wobbly Barn 
Killington, Vermont. Been there. Great spot. Would I put it in the top 10? Probably not. Would I put another place in For Apre. I mean, for Apre, I don't know. We've only been there a few times. It has a decent Apre vibe. They do giveaways and stuff like that. It's great. We kind of keep things more underground, you know, a little bit off the beaten path a bit for our Apre. Yeah. But it is a great spot. And they have a really awesome salad bar that includes soup. So if you want to like have a as cheap as a good meal as you can have in a ski town, that's not a bad option. Not well, and we'll have to see what happens with COVID because who knows if that oh. salad bar is going to be open. Salad bars are just they are the real victim of COVID. Like what that's, salad bar is going to exist anymore? Oracle, I think Golden Corral, I think closed all together, right? <laughs> well, there's, there's no way it could open. All right, there are some positives to COVID shutdowns then. <laughs> No one's missing that golden corral salad bar. I know there's somebody out there probably waiting for it to open back up. I'm like, oh, I'm sure there's plenty of people. Yeah. Oof. Number seven, JT Basque Bar and Dining Room in Gardnerville, Nevada. Gardnerville. Gardnerville. I don't even know where Gardnerville, Nevada is. I'm guessing it's got to be by Tahoe, right? I'm sure someone's listening right now being like, how do you not know where Gardnerville is, bro? You don't know anything. You guys are a bunch of dipshits. I didn't say dipshits, man. Like, why don't you just chill out and keep listening? We'll figure it out. Yeah, it's by, hmm, that's a bit, that's generous because it's sort of down the hill from Tahoe. Yeah. Wow. All right. Hey, man, I'm not, it's right by the Walmart, which is great. So a little bit off the beaten path, but Hey, I'm not judging. Awesome. You made the list. God bless you. We got to check it out too. I mean, reds could almost be technically part of an apres ski bar. If they're going to allow Gardnerville. Am I right? Yeah. That's seems pretty close. Number eight. We've been there and we love it. The mangy moose in Jackson hole, Wyoming. Mangy moose. Oh, the atmosphere, nachos, beers, fantastic. Yeah. Number nine, I love the name of this place and have to get out there. The Beer Stuba in Whitefish, Montana. That you combine that with Speck Stuba, and now you got something. Dude, anywhere I see a Stuba, I'm going in. That's, that's Beer Stuba, Speck Stuba. What kind of Stuba you have, I'm going in. I wonder if they have beer chips, like they had meat chips at Speck Stuba. Ooh, how could you make a liquid? Like, how could you make a liquid chip? I don't know the science. I mean, there's a lot of science out there. Science, bro. Science, bro. It would need some sort of almost like a Tide Pod, an edible Tide Pod wrapping. Mmm, there you go. Tide Pods with beer in them. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like Tide edible beer. beer. If you can eat Tide Pods, technically, there's definitely a way they can use that same sort of outside coating to contain beer. Yeah, you can make it out of dried beer. Out of like dried yeast? Dried beer and starch. Just boom. You make the outside coating and you put your beer in there. Like a mochi. <laughs> like a beer yeah. mochi. Yeah, you just do shots of beer. You just pop in shots so you can sit on the couch and pop your chips, pop your, pop your beer. have a whole bag of beer chips. That's it. It's beer chips. That's the next it, frontier. I opened up a bag of beer chips and I got hammered. <laughs> It's quite possible. Could happen we someday. Should, we need to talk to someone who has any scientific knowledge about why this is not being done and see if we can uh, 
get in on the ground floor on this. I'm looking up edible beer right now. Let's see what we got. Someone's got to be doing this. Like, you know, those like breath strips, those Listerine strips, they have like the weed versions of those. They Maybe they'll have like some beer versions. Exactly. There's got to be edible beer pods. So they have edible isomalt sugar, full size beer. Edible six pack rings. It's not the same. Edible six pack rings. So you got someone like fingering the, that six pack holder. Oh, and then you're going to eat it. And you're going to eat it. Like, you don't know where it's been. That's disgusting. Mm. It's like, it's like edible shoes. Like, why would you do that? Well, then you have to shrink wrap the whole beer thing. So now you're making more waste, more waste. Madness. You're madness. Crazy. All right. Number 10, the last one, sixth alley bar and grill in a basin, Colorado. So there's one more list that we have of this top 10 and that's best ski towns. And this is going to be an awesome list and also lead us perfectly into our main topic. And for this, we are going to count down backwards because it's our goddamn podcast and do it. Number 10, Nelson, British Columbia, which I believe is the home of red mountain. Yeah. Number nine, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Awesome ski town. Number eight, Alta, Utah. Number seven, Breckenridge, Colorado. Number six, Aspen, Colorado. Number five, Banff, Alberta, of course. Number four, Stowe, Vermont. Number three, Bethel, Maine. Number two, Rossland, British Columbia. And number one, North Conway, New Hampshire. Ah, North Conway. It's not their first time winning this. And you look at it, and it's got that, you know, you got Mount Washington right there. You got a couple of ski resorts right there, Nordic and Alpine. Have that old kind of New England village, too. It's got a lot going on there. And the reason why we talk about this and why it's leading into our main topic is because we had an awesome, well, I had a wonderful conversation with our friend Shannon Dunphy Ball, who is the marketing and communications manager with Ski New Hampshire. Nice. You know, we talked to Adam from Ski Vermont a few weeks ago, and we wanted to get the New Hampshire version of what they're doing with changes this year, COVID restrictions. And we had a great chat. She's actually, her office is in North Conway, New Hampshire, which is pretty awesome. So we hope you guys enjoy the conversation. And we have another very special guest interview this week. We have Shannon Dunphy Ball, who is the marketing and communications manager at Ski New Hampshire. So Shannon, welcome. And thank you so much for taking the time. Hi, Brian. Thanks for having me. I'm pleased to be here. Yeah, and I know the last time we saw each other in person was in that crazy, crazy time of 2019 where people could actually gather in Boston at the Ski and Snowboard Expo and go bowling and, and go to meetings in a tiny little conference room. So it's it's nice to see you. And uh, I know things have changed a lot, obviously, in this crazy world we're in now. Um, 
in New Hampshire right now. So what's been the biggest changes that folks are going to see when they go up to New Hampshire and want to go skiing or riding this winter? Sure. So um, New Hampshire has actually been a little bit more lenient regarding guidance than our neighboring New England states in general, um, for better, for worse with that one. And so you're going to see the same things you're going to see most, most everywhere else. So like, um, if you go to the grocery store, you're going to see those mask up signs. If you go uh, to buy a season's pass or a ticket and where you're going to receive it, you're going to buy those passes and tickets online first off, but then you're going to go to the place to receive it, to get your image or what have you. And they'll have uh, plexiglass, you know, separating you from um, the seller. So different things of that sort. Um, in general, you're going to see a lot more signage around the ski areas, you know, reminding us of those things that we already sort of are, have gotten used to doing. So social distancing and uh, reminding people to, to wear a mask or face covering. Face coverings are fine at New Hampshire ski areas. We don't have a mandate for a mask specifically. So you could, you know, wear your buff or double up on a buff um, or one of those, you know, fleece things to, to use that as well. So I think, I think everything's going to look similar, but you're going to see a lot more signs. And then there's going to be a lot more um, various areas where you're going to have to have uh, socially distanced lines in the queue just because we can't have sort of mass gatherings of people anymore. Okay. And is New Hampshire kind of putting down laws for the resorts or is it kind of more up to each resort in terms of how they're going to restrict access to lifts and lodges? Sure. Well, actually, um, we call them guidelines or guidelines. Guidelines, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, <laughs> basically, yes, the Ski New Hampshire and other industry leaders like various GMs and different people um, who have who are stakeholders in the New Hampshire ski industry work together to actually create and uh, suggest guidelines to the state. So then the state took those guidelines, um, sort of moved some things around, kept most of it. We were very lucky with that. And, um, you know, added some other things. And that's how we ended up with those. So it was actually pretty amazing to be able to work hand in hand with the state on that. Because I know some other states, you know, the skiers were just issued these rules and regulations. In our case, we we got to do, you know, work together to make it work. Um, and they, you know, took the time to hear what our skiers were saying. So with that said, we have some general guidelines that are at our skiers that all skiers are expected to are expected to adhere by. But we also have. Um, a lot of different policies and procedures you're going to see at different ski areas specifically. So in other words, there are guidelines, how the ski areas are going to interpret those and then, um, you know, base their operations around them is totally going to depend from ski area to ski area because every ski area is different, especially in New England. You know, we have large ones, small ones, Nordic skiing that just have a yurt. You know, we have very, a lot of very different ski areas here. Yeah. But it's great that you guys were actually at the table and we're able to help forge these guidelines because, you know, like you said, some of these states are just being handed these regulations and yeah. the areas are just looking at them like we can't work within these parameters. So it's great that you guys were at the table, helped forge them and that, you know, it's a little more skier, snowboarder friendly than, than other places we're seeing yeah. right now. I would say we definitely have an edge in New Hampshire, no pun intended, <laughs> um, is because we have a skiing governor. 
So that, you know, right there, Chris Anunu, uh, he's in his third term now, or will be in his third term. And he, his family actually owns Waterville Valley Resort. So oh, wow. He's, yeah, he's, you know, in the biz, he understands hospitality and tourism, and he has been a great asset for us. Um, an ally during this time, for sure. That's awesome. How many terms yeah. can a governor in New Hampshire have? Uh, it's two years, every two years. It's um, oh, it must be really tough because right when you finally get things rolling, you have to start campaigning again. So Oof. it's a uh, pretty cutthroat here in the live, and, live for your die state. Live for your die, right? You guys <laughs> live by that. It's great. <laughs> and now how about um, out-of-state travelers? Because I know, like you mentioned before, Maine and Vermont, they're getting a little bit more strict in terms of their, their quarantine regimen with the requiring of people. What do you guys have now in place? Well, I will, before I even answer that question, I will say by the time this airs or whenever <laughs> someone might be listening to this, everything might have changed. So apologies Absolutely. if you information that's incorrect. Yes, everything that we're saying is so elastic right now. Like everything is just the, at the moment yeah. we're talking about it, this is when it actually is, is a fact. Totally. So um, at the moment... <laughs> People from New England states, you know, so that would be like Rhode Island, Massachusetts, New, uh, well, obviously New Hampshire, yeah. Maine, uh, Vermont, can all freely travel with in and out of New Hampshire's borders without a quarantine. What about Connecticut? Um, well, okay. So now you're getting into what what do you consider New England? So that's true. Well, also too, I have a mother-in-law in Connecticut, so that's why I'm I'm concerned about this too because I I I'm gonna be hunkering down there for a while in the during the ski season. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to Google whether or not Connecticut is considered a New England and B. Um, <laughs> oh man, that's this is no good. This is not going. a lot of fake news on is Connecticut New England? <laughs> oh my god, yeah. So. Honestly, I, it might just be, <laughs> I need to check on this, <laughs> Massachusetts, Vermont, and Maine, you know, uh, but I'm not entirely sure. But you I'm can, a, there's actually a link on skiandh.com on our Consumer Resource Center um, where you can go in and check out what the out-of-state guidelines is. So let's again, just say. I'm probably moving a little bit, you know, nothing is, nothing is uh, in stone <laughs> But if right you here. live outside of New England, wherever those boundaries may lie. <laughs> then you, we ask that you quarantine for 14 days in advance of your arrival um, okay. to New Hampshire, which is, I think you're seeing a lot of those in, in various states. Um, and as far as I know, it hasn't been adapted to like proof of a COVID test or, you know, different things of that sort. Right now, I'm, it just sort of, oh, here we go. You're right. Connecticut is in there. It is. Okay. It's so everyone, Connecticut is a part of New England. There you go. You heard I it here folks. That people. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're putting that flag in the sand. Congratulations. That's right. so. It's funny, like you couldn't just get an answer too. There was like you have to go through different articles, whether they're it's not just yes. Like some things you just Google it and it goes, yes, it is, or no, it's not. I know. I think Google has COVID. Google I don't know has what's going COVID. On. Or it's yeah. a way. Thanksgiving vacation. It puts a couple of days off. You know, it, 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 it's been busy this year. A lot of people doing a lot of searches. They needed a little break. Yeah. Yeah. Google needs some turkey. <laughs> Give Google a break, everyone. Give them a little tryptophan. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you're saying 14 days is if you're yep. outside of New England. But if yep. you're in New England, you can just freely travel into New Hampshire. Yeah. Which does include Connecticut. 
which does include Connecticut. I had everything else. I just didn't know about Connecticut. Poor Connecticut, man. They get forgotten all the time because again, oh my god, you just know. Connecticut's huge. Such it's a big hu- state. It's huge, but weird. It's one of those places. It's just it's you know because it's so kind of in the middle of Boston and New York. You know, it's apparently kind of like, they have amazing uh, mountain biking. I have yet to go yet, but really, it's a thing. They have all these like you know little rolling hills and farmhouses. I know. Well, I guess, yeah. Like, the northwestern part, I guess you almost get part of the Berkshires over there. Yeah. And I know, um, yeah, because we, we talked to to Doug Fish from the Indy Pass this, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I think it's Catamount. There's, there's Catamount Mountain and another one that's right up in that New York, Mass, Connecticut border up there. And uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's skiing in Connecticut. I know that for sure. I took my little guy there when he was last year when he was two, oh, uh, which was fun. We just did the little, you know, the the racer chaser thing and kind of went behind the, down the hill. Um, but yeah, Connecticut's got a little bit of hills. You know, it's yeah. it's a great place. And that's very the New England. Very New England. And it's very New those, England. those little towns you kind of roll through where you see house like this house was condemned yeah. in 1604. You know, yeah. it doesn't even rain in Connecticut. It's maple syrup. Maple syrup. <laughs> People didn't know that either. <laughs> We're talking ski New Hampshire, but we're learning a lot about Connecticut today. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take it back home. Back right. to the little weird die state. Here we go. Yes. All right. So 14 days out of New England to quarantine. And you said there's no, right now, there's there's no proof required. There's no testing. Kind of just yeah. assuming people are on their, being honest it's, on their best behavior. Yeah. Actually, that's a great point to bring up is um, we're, we're calling it the social contract. So we have these rules and regulations in various states and I think most people read one of these rules or regulations and they're like, oh, how are people going to police that? Um, At the end of the day, it just sort of takes it takes some trust. And we're asking people as scary as and as a state, you know, to to make different make choices that are going to be good and healthy for, you know, the greater the greater good. All the people. Yeah. And so especially, I think that's something worth mentioning for sure. Definitely. And, and you know, again, too, you're saying in New England, you don't have to quarantine. You can just go, which is great. But if you're not feeling well, you know, maybe stay home. Yes, it may be a powder day, but there will be more. You know, yeah, like, don't even go to Walgreens, dude. Just stay home. That's the thing. Like, it, and that's <laughs> the thing that I, my greatest fear of people is that, you know, we all when we all have powder fever, you know, when we see, especially yeah. after this crazy lockdown summer we've all had that, you know, my worst my worst fear is that people go, oh, my God, it's snowing. I feel terrible. I might have covid, but I got to get out there. And then they <laughs> get a bunch of people sick in a gondola. The resort has to shut down and then we're back to, you know, lockdown mode. And that's like what oh. nobody wants. Unfortunately, we just told people about the social contract. So I'm pretty confident that they will hear this podcast and not do what you just said. <laughs> Don't so do that's that. a great advantage for all of us here. Yeah. But know before you go, you can't just roll out of bed and go skiing on a powder day anymore. Like that's, you know, in, in all states at the moment, you're going to, you're going to need to at least go online and look at the scary website and, or call them to find out what you need to do to even get a ticket for the day, you know? So yeah. there are, you, you know, which I am pretty sure you probably heard from Adam at Ski Vermont is that, Reservations are huge. Um, reservations for all different types of things, ski lessons, rentals, you know, tickets. So this is definitely the year of planning ahead. Yes. And I know even Killington announced they have parking reservations you have to make. So things are getting a bit granular. I think, you know, some of the lodges and, and again, there's no real blanket statement for it. it like yeah. you mentioned before, every resort, there's big ones, there's little ones. Some places are going to have reservations for tables at 
in the lodges. So, you know, you book ahead, you go, you have lunch, because I think they're 25% capacity. Is that sort of the, the number you guys are throwing around or hearing? 50%? Yeah, it's, it's somewhere around then. It's um, our, all of our ski area, even in the other states, they're not just you know, adhering to ski area guidance. They're also adhering to, you know, the restaurant and lodging guidance or various other guidance that sort of better fits what they specifically do, like retail, for instance. Mm -hmm. So, um, yes, you're going to see a lot of varied demands. It's going to feel like demands. But at the end of the day, we're just trying to get open and stay open. And we want people to ski. So if we all just sort of like (laughs) put aside the fact that, Things have changed. And then if you just want to go skiing, like just go to the website, check it out, see what you got to do. Check out a couple of ski areas. Go to skinh.com. We have all the information posted there. Super quick, easy links. And then, you know, you, we can make it happen. And we have a lot of small ski areas that just honestly won't have the technology for you to make those reservations online in advance. So if you can't ski at one of the big boys, consider skiing at one of the smaller mountains. You might have an easier go of it if you're looking to do something last minute, which you shouldn't because you're planning ahead. Yes, you are. That's, <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's one of the big messages that we've kind of tried to, to send to people this year is that, you know, we all love, you know, the big, the big massive resorts, you know, like 200 trails and tons of vertical, but if you can go and rediscover some of these small resorts, like this is probably the best year to do it because you're going to have a lot of restrictions at the big ones and you're going to go back to these smaller places and you're going to realize like these places are critical to those larger resorts even existing. These are the feeder hills. These are where people, where kids go to learn. This is where they go to fall in love with skiing. And like, there's such Mm -hmm. an, in New England, like an old school vibe to a lot of those places that if you go, yeah, you may get 400 feet of vertical, 600, but you're going to realize like you go there this is why you fell in love with skiing, the kind of days you're going to have there. And I, we're trying to get people to kind of think about that a bit more. And again, you may not be able to get a reservation at, at Cannon or Loon or something. Go to one of the smaller spots. You may have an amazing day that you're never going to forget. That And those places are so important, especially, you know, we talk off the record financially, like these places need customers. And yeah. this is the year, like we're going to have to do everything we can to keep them to survive. <laughs> It is. It is. And they're fun. Like, that's the thing. They're so much fun. (laughs) Well, they are fun. You know, like, who doesn't want to do this, like, top to bottom tuck run all the time? Like, come on, you just send it. And they're like, yeah, it's great. And going to a ski area where you can literally just, like, drop your kids off, you do your adult thing, and the kids are just there thinking they own the mountain, like, doing their little, like, gromlet thing, skiing all over the place. Like, that's how I grew up. I literally thought I owned adidas skiria when i was small (laughs) you know like and i just we would just get dropped off there was no thing about it you just went and you skied hard all day and somehow we sent out messenger pigeons because we didn't have cell phones at the time (laughs) i don't know how it worked out but i got picked up and everything was fine you know you had to be somewhere at a certain time and you actually had to be there otherwise was it that i can't even remember it feels like decades ago it seems so foreign a concept of just going be here at this time and not going whoa i'm late i had to do something else do you remember those radios like you could have the two-way radios everywhere like Like everyone had talkies yes yeah and you could go on to different stations i used to mess with people and be like oh hey (laughs) talking to truckers did did you have a handle back then (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) the shanimal the shanimal yes (laughs) well that's the name of the episode Thank you. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) 
so we got all the the information now. We know what people are supposed to do. We hope they're going to do it. Again, greater good. You know, this year we definitely have to think about that because you know, if you are sick, stay home. Let's not get people sick and shutting down resorts because we've been all just dying for this since what was it March fifteenth or whenever the the full shutdown happened. But one thing I wanted to ask you uh, is: there one single run? that you've been thinking about during the summer, the quarantine that you're just excited and can't wait to get back out to, to ski. So for me, it wouldn't be a single run. It would be two different elements of skiing that like I look forward to. So I don't really care where I physically am on the planet mm -hmm. to achieve these feelings. It's just, these are two of the, I think the greatest feelings of skiing. And one is what would be considered that perfect turn. So like a total Euro, you know, style, just like, you know, you're the first one down this like amazing groomer. Everything is picturesque. You know, it's, it's not even necessarily sunny. It doesn't matter. It's just that perfect snow where you can lay down the tracks and just carve so hard. You know what I mean? That you can almost go in an entire circle. I think that is, and then you just feel those G forces at like that one part of the turn and you're like, Oh, this is crazy. Um, and you feel like you're, you're defying physics in a way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You feel superhuman. You know, I feel like that's what Superman feels like when he takes off and like goes <laughs> into space. And so that feeling, and then the other one is probably, probably a lot of people, this is why they get up in the morning to do the powder ski. Um, it doesn't even have to be a picturesque, uh, pristine area. It just has to be to the point where you're on a steep run, but there's so much snow. You can literally just point your skis straight and just sort of like lean into it and be like, yay. And you're floating and it's magic. And then all of a sudden the snow is like hitting your face because there's so much snow and you're like laughing and crying at the same time. Maybe that's just me, but <laughs> we've all been there. I assure you. Yeah. If I can achieve those two things, I don't care where I am. That could be at a small whaleback mountain, which is like a not-for-profit, you know, over on the Western side of New Hampshire, or it could be at Cannon or Loon. You know, I don't, it doesn't matter specifically where I am. It's just that I can achieve those feelings. That is a beautiful thing. And it's almost like you mentioned the powder part. It's like almost just kind of skiing through clouds in a way. Yeah, literally. Those are the thoughts we've all been having, you know, and it's, uh, it's you know, it's, we're, we're almost there. Um, and actually one thing I wanted to ask you too, are, are there anything, is there any resorts that are actually opening this weekend up in New Hampshire? Oh man, that is the question of the hour. So I actually just got it in via text, like right oh. before I joined this call, um, that Brenton Woods is looking to open. Ah, um, very nice. Yeah. So I think Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, oh. all, every other area has literally been like tentative, not really sure. So with confidence, I can say that I would recommend people to look to go skiing the first and second week of December. Um, reserve, you can get reservations now. Plan yeah. ahead. Right. Right. Especially if you're at a Vail resort for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So you're definitely want to go, going to want to go online and reserve, but more so it's looking like next weekend is going to be where it's at. So like the fourth and fifth are numbers I've seen, um, published or pushed around, you know, so that would be like Canon and Gunstock and 
some of the other scenarios. And that's not, and that's nothing even COVID related, right? It's really just the weather's been kind of unfavorable. We had that like, yeah. 70 degree stretch. Mother for Nature has COVID. Mother Nature's got COVID too. <laughs> got a fever. It's everywhere. She's got a fever. It's getting hot in New England. Yeah. yeah. yeah I think, oh, wait, man. Was it two yeah, weeks no, ago? It was like 70 degrees for a couple of days? Yeah. Mother Nature's oh. been super naughty this fall. Um, she hasn't been cooperating with our snowmakers and they've been really, my, my husband's a snowmaker. So. Oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> can be. I call myself a snowmaking widow because this time of year, like you just <laughs> literally, like I just, you know, go home, chill by myself and cook him massive amounts of food. Cause sort of how it goes. He flies in and out because they well, work you eventually a get, lot of hours. Eventually you get to enjoy it though. Right. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's making it right. for you with love. Yeah. But I can say with 100% certainty that our Sigirias are working 24-7 and any small window of time that it is cold enough to make snow, they are making snow. So we're really working on it. And I think next week's you're going to see Sigirias start to open. Um, And obviously some of those smaller Sigirias or Nordic Sigirias, you're sort of going to have to wait for maybe a snow event, a bigger snow event to happen before those can open. Right. Yeah, I know. I was looking at the some of the cam pictures at some of the other resorts because I know uh, Hunter in New York was opening today, and yeah. uh, Mount Snow in Vermont was opening. And Mount Snow, I know they have like tremendous snowmaking. Hunter's got pretty good, but I'm looking at these trail cams, and I'm like, there's a lot of rocks and grass we're looking at here. And I know they, you know, it's kind of more like a ceremonial thing, like having it open yeah. before Thanksgiving. But uh, yeah, it's like. Imagine you go that day. You're like, I'm here the first day. There's barely any snow and you blow out your knee. It's like, was it worth it? And that's kind of like, that's kind of like a a theme for this whole season is, was it worth it? You know, like if you're not feeling well, like don't go, like stay safe. Like there will be another powder day. Like let's be smart and work together and, and have a great, let's have a season. It will be great because we're going to have a season. Yeah. Be the reason for the season. The reason for the season. Stay at home if you're sick. (laughs) Are you freestyling now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a couple more questions. Um, what makes you optimistic for this season? And uh, kind of slash, what does this a successful season look like to you? I'm going to start with the successful season question. Okay. Um, I think the successful season is that our ski areas are able to get open and stay open through the season without any... Um, major drama or situations um, like for instance, a state shutdown or anything, you know, we're <laughs> Just having a season is a victory pretty much. Yeah, I think so. And obviously we hope we get that snow and everything, but um, you know, in those cold ch- temps so that we can keep the snow um, and have a nice long season. That'd be great. But uh, I think especially right now with the holidays and, family gathering time. I think everyone is pretty focused on right now and hoping that people are making good life decisions and, you know, hopefully we can, we can all just get open and stay open. And then from there, I think, you know, our dreams will just expand as they go. Um, so yeah, that would be amazing. Get open, stay open. And then what was your other question? Uh, what makes you optimistic for this season? Um, <laughs> optimistic. Well, how about this? I believe in mankind 
And I believe that mankind is going to come together and they're going to stay home if they're sick and they're not going to find issues and <laughs> going online and booking in advance. And they're just going to take advantage of the fact that at the end of the day, uh, social distancing is something you do when you ski. Like we've been doing that for ages. You do not want to be like, <laughs> you know, the feelings when someone's too close to you, you can like hear it or you feel it and it makes you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, that's perfect for this season, you know? So like if there's a low risk activity to do out there right now, it's definitely skiing. So I think that is optimistic. And I think we have a great sport to allow people to get outside and take advantage of just being outside with their little pod, you know, their family and their friends that are very close to them. And, um, yeah, I think that's, that's the optimism for the year is that, the indoor stuff and some of the other things like apres or, um, you know, eating at a bougie on mountain restaurant, you know, those all things are, are sort of the add ons anyways. But at the end of the day, ski areas. We're there to ski. Skiing. Yeah. 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 That's what we're so about, do that. Right. Come to the ski area to ski. Crazy concept, right? Well, <laughs> one of the social distancing positives, like you kind of mentioned, my, one thing I was thinking of was, the gondola, you know, if you're in a gondola and you know, you're kind of in that, you got your four person pod there, you're all in there together and you're making that turn. You're like, Oh, it's just going to be us. Then all of a sudden someone kind of jumps in. That's not going to happen this year. You have a little yep. more gondola privacy. Yeah. That's a big positive. Yeah. You've been teaching your kids about stranger danger for ages. Not a problem <laughs> this year. They won't right. even be able to talk to them. Perfect. Like, yeah. This is great. This is actually solving a lot of problems. We're I think we're realizing how positive this could be. Just chatting. Super positive. <laughs> Speaking of kids, I have one other question for you. Can you recommend a resort for teaching a three-year-old? Because I have a three-year-old and I'm kind of trying to figure out because I, I don't have the patience to teach him or the technical ability. I just kind of just go. Um, and yeah. I want to have I want to I want to just get him learning the right way from the start. So I know you, you, it's tough to play favorites, but do you have a place that you would recommend? It's just the state of New Hampshire. Look at that. Okay. <laughs> well, the playground that is New Hampshire. <laughs> yes. So first off, I will say that, yes, listeners, you will likely need to have a reservation online in advance of your arrival to Iskiria to be able to get a lesson and or rentals because we have to clean the rentals um, not that we didn't, we cleaned them before, just so you know, I also want to highlight that part. <laughs> <laughs> Rentals have always been cleaned just this year. They, they have to sort of like air out on the shelf or different things like that in between uses a little bit longer. So with that said, you know, make sure if you do have a little one or if you are a not so little one and you're looking to start to ski this year, then there are going to be opportunities available. You're just going to need to you know, plan that in advance. Um, and our resource, yeah. are they limiting groups for uh, yeah. lessons? So yes, we are. Some ski areas have, um, are only offering uh, private or semi-private lessons. So um, some of those semi-private lessons, they'll call like a family lesson. So when you mentioned your son and did you say a son? I did. Yes. Okay, cool. I didn't know if it was just applying a gender or what. All right. <laughs> Well, he hasn't chosen his gender yet. He's three. All right. So he's got a three-year-old son. So if you take your three-year-old son 
skiing. There are some skiers that have the opportunity to do where you could go with him on the lesson. Whether or not that's good. If you have a super clingy kid, then just like, just like literally stay away. I used to teach buddy bears. I used to teach like the small children, really really small children how to ski. And um, sometimes their parents would be like, oh, I'm going to come in and give my son a hug. And then I run off and the kid just like meltdowns. No good. So (laughs) know your child and know what would be best for them to have a successful experience. So if that would be you staying around for the lesson, there are some skiers that have the opportunity. So you could get a private lesson where you could hang out the whole time. Um, Other ones, it would just be a private lesson where your son would go off and just be with the instructor who will have face coverings and the whole nine yards. Um, And... Where would I send them? Hmm. Well, I learned to ski and my mother learned to ski and my grandmother learned to ski at Cranmore Mountain in North Conway, New Hampshire. Oh, wow. So as a legacy. A bias. <laughs> yeah. And my mom and I learned by the same, le- same lady. She's now in charge of the ski school. Her name is Karen Dolan. And Welcome. yeah, so I, I will just have to say that out of, out of being partial to the fact that I mean, that's got to be like, I don't know, 85 years of learning to ski right there. That's amazing. Uh, How long has yeah. she been in teaching? Uh, Karen? Uh, 137 well, years. I'm, yeah, I'm over 30. So <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I would have to say probably like 40 years or more, even more than that. I don't even know. Basically, what you're saying is that skiing keeps you young. <laughs> You know, skiing keeps you young and just doing things in general, you know, you got to move it or you're going to lose it. Dude, that's a hundred percent for sure. I, yeah. I've seen that happen to to family members the last couple of years. Like you got to stay out there. You got to stay moving. And mm-hmm. if you can do it in the most fun way possible, like skiing, why wouldn't you? Yeah. And this year, you know, like if you do have that season's pass and you go on and, and book your reservation um, and you know, just go out for a couple runs and then, you know, go do the rest of your life. Like you don't have to commit to a full day if you don't want to, if you have the luxury of being able to do that, you know? Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned North Conway. Congratulations. Best ski town, North America again. <laughs> you know it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's so darn cute. <laughs> it is. Like, it's just, got again. the train station and the mountains and big Mount Washington in the distance. Like, you know, and these big rocky, yeah, it's just really cute. It's almost like if Santa Claus had to live in New England, that's where he'd go. Definitely. I feel like all snow globes ever have been based off of the village of North Conway. (laughs) That's quite possible. It's a big, (laughs) it's a big statement, but I, I, it seems possible. (laughs) All right, Shannon. So we've had a great conversation here. Thank you so much for your time. Where do you want to tell folks to go and get all the information they need if they want to go or ski and ride in New Hampshire? Sure. Uh, One of two different places. So if you're not sure where you want to ski yet, definitely go to skinh.com. That's S-K-I-N-H.com. Or if you know where you specifically want to go, just go to that Skiria's website. You know, obviously I'm partial to New Hampshire, but, you know, I will speak to com. Yeah, he's showing me his skinh.com bag. You're so fancy, Brian. I love this bag. I got to tell you, I use it all the time. <laughs> Brian's skinh man bag. <laughs> yes, my man bag. I wear it with pride. 
Oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah. So ski or any Skiria website, just make sure you know before you go. How about like, uh, are you guys going to be posting stuff on Facebook and, and Twitter? Yeah, we do post. I post mostly changes and different things on Facebook. But if you go to skinash.com, we literally have um, updates from Skirias. There's a page for that. So you can just sort of see operational updates. And then we also have um, a COVID-19 consumer resource center where it literally takes the guidance I was talking about. And I narrowed it down to six bulleted points. So it will like you go to that one page. It gives you the resources to the various um, state links, you know, state guidance, out-of-state guidance, everything you need to know about coming to New Hampshire to go skiing, you can find on that page. And you can probably read that page in a minute. Perfect. So that's easy. Boiled down. That's what we Boiled need. Boiled down. We don't have time for long paragraphs, bullet points. Oh, hey, no time <laughs> for that. It's turkey time. That's right. <laughs> Shannon, thank you so much. Uh, we're excited for the season. We're excited for you guys being open. And hopefully we can chat soon, and maybe get some turns in. Absolutely. All right. Have a great Thanksgiving. And uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. All right. See you later. Thanks, Brent. All right. My pleasure. Bye. All right. I hope you enjoyed that. If you have more questions, hit us up, skibumpodcast at gmail.com or go to skinh.com to get all the info on Ski New Hampshire. Under the ropes. And we have one story, which is tragic, but with a twinge of comedy to it. Let's be honest. Yeah, I'm not surprised. (laughs) Let's put it this way. It's amazing it took this long to happen. Yeah. Wipeout contestant dies after completing game show obstacle course. A contestant on the game show Wipeout died on Wednesday after going into cardiac arrest following the completion of an obstacle course. Spokespeople from TBS and production company Something have confirmed. Sources close to production say the contestant had completed the course but required medical attention after leaving the course. He was then attended to by on-site emergency professionals after which paramedics were called to the set and the contestant was transported to a local hospital. No further information about the contestant has been released. All wipeout contestants undergo medical exams before they are cleared to participate. Damn. This is almost like Disney World, where no one's ever died at Disney. They just that you escort know. them off. Well, no, they escort them off the premises, and then they say yeah. they died at the hospital. They died in the in the ambulance, wherever. Yeah. There's actually cases of people being decapitated by rides and they don't declare them dead. So they leave Disney property. Damn. Walt Probably the same sure thing with white. Walt made sure he had the fix on that one. Poof. Could there be a worse way to go? Like you're doing wipeout, you're like bouncing around and like, they're all making like wacky jokes and you're like, Oh yeah, look at him. He, uh, he bounced off and he made it to the top. Congratulations. And then it's, Oh, he's not doing good. Nope. Let's cut to a commercial. Well, now they're saying, yeah. So they're saying the contestants undergo a medical exam before competing, right? Which right. is which is good, but that still doesn't mean that the exerting. I mean, because those those obstacle courses usually people don't complete them. They're pretty tough. They are tough, yeah. And they're getting hit with things and falling, and uh, it's just I'm surprised. Like somebody, I've seen people wreck themselves. They do the. Uh, you know, scorpion where they 
face plant and then the legs go over. Like I oh, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised these people are still walking after after wipeout. But yeah, right. It's brutal. It's like uh, now they have the tag, which is almost like American Gladiators. But you ever remember a show called uh, uh, was it Joe's vs. Pros? Oh yeah, yeah. I think they stopped that show because I would watch shows and near the end there, it was, they, they would have a contestant go through and like, they would never finish because they would always blow out their knee or ankle or just harbor. And they'd have a substitute come in that was doing like the last, um, you know, challenge. And it's like, of course they're fresh. They, they were resting the whole time. Yeah. Know? Right. So it was just weird. Cause I remember like people's just horrible knee injuries and stuff. And I'm like, damn, yeah, man, if you are like an average Joe and you, you know, don't really work out and you try to like run and cut, you know, if you try to like make a cut move, yeah. dude, your body is not prepared for that sort of those G forces and, and that muscle and bone strain. They're going to snap something. And it's always the people that are like, oh, yeah, I could I should have played pro. I, I got the talent. And they would get yeah. out there and just get just destroyed. And then they blow something out. And it's like. Yeah, that's why you you were never at that level. I mean, and they're, you know these are ex athletes. They're not you know current. You know they were a little older, and they were about the same age as these contestants. And the contestants would just get destroyed. It was- I played I played some like soccer, like intramural soccer, uh, like like after after college with, with this guy, and he was like back in his day, he was like jacked, and then you know got into the working world, stopped working out, stopped doing anything athletic. But back in the day, was like a really good soccer player. Yeah. And we played for maybe five minutes and he tried to do some sort of crazy cut move, freaking blew out his ACL. You're not young anymore. What are you thinking? Like barely stretching, haven't played in like six years. Then all of a sudden you try to play like used to like eh, not the best move, man. It's like the same people we talked about last week who uh, say they're going to ski themselves into shape. Yeah. You sit you around yourself into cardiac arrest or, a, a, you know, a hospital bed. That's really eating, what you're going to do. Eating donuts all summer and not, not exercising at all. And all of a sudden, yeah, I'm going to grab my first black diamond, ski myself into shape. It'll be all good. You know, it's funny. I, uh, we had that conversation. And then just this week, I'm talking to somebody that lives up in New York and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go ski. And, you know, they're, you know. Oh yeah, I, I skied a lot and you know, Mount Snow and and you know, they never really went out west that much, but you know, pretty good skier, but I figure I'll go out with the family and you know, after the you know, the first one or two days, I'll have to get my my legs under me and and everything will be fine then. I'm sitting there thinking I'm like, dude, you're not in shape. I'm I'm I've skyped with you. You know, I video chatted with you like, you're not in shape. You're older. Like, get to the goddamn gym and start working out. Like just do cardio even, you know, I'm talking about, I'm using my aero ski. I'm doing yoga. I'm chasing after my little guy. Like I'm doing like, I'm cross training here for this. Like I'm doing everything I can lifting. Like, yeah, I'm all in. It's like, and I'll probably get hurt, but you know, it's like, at least it'll be something awesome. Hopefully not like a, yeah. a goofy ass injury of just, you know, dormancy and muscle fatigue kind of just crushing you. Like some of these folks. I mean, we're pretty aware when we're pushing the limit and we know like, this is probably a bad idea to do moguls or to ski something that we're like a little bit, you know, we're riding the edge, but we know we're riding the edge. I think these people are just clueless. They just kind of are like, oh, no, I can do it. Like, you know, what's the problem? Well, the problem is your heart's going to give out or <laughs> you're late. You're going to blow out your knee. Like, you know, that's ignorance is bliss for a lot of these people, you know, like to be delusional and, and go do their thing. Like it's, it's almost better off. 
Yeah. Well, that was like, we, we both know that guy, Lou, who used to be, you know, oh yeah, I could carry, I could go into a pro, uh, a pro game and, and I could carry the ball for a quarter. I'm like, dude, you get, you get shattered like glass. Like there's no way. You used to play in high school and you, you sat on the couch. You're like fat and you're out of shape. Now. It's <laughs> like, like you, you were mediocre then. Yeah, it's like, dude. and now as you get older and fatter, you're going to get better. Yeah. Like you, like when he was saying that, I remember looking at him, but like, dude, you can't run 40 yards. Like forget the 40 <laughs> yard dash. You'd have to take a break at like yard 30 to catch your breath and then finish the other 10 yards. Like, like you can't even walk 40 yards. <laughs> That's right. You, you drive everywhere. You don't even walk to the store. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Some people are just absolutely delusional. And you know what? There wouldn't be shows like Wipeout without those delusional people. So I think we need them. Yeah. It needs That'd to be a fun. That would be a fun. Why don't they have a ski version of Wipeout? Yeah. Just get a bunch of people to say like, oh, I could pretty much ski Corbett's and like just drop them down there and see what happens. It's like the opposite of Kings and Queens of Corbett's. Get a bunch of clowns. Clowns They can do it. Clowns of Corbett's. Oh, my God. I love it. Clowns of Corbett's. Clowns of Corbett's. And then you throw in the the clowns of Corbett's and they just go in there and, you know, I think I could do it, man. I got this, bro got this man watch this watch this just get a bunch of clowns from jersey to go in and just drop them down and see what happens i, I skied uh i skied uh hunter all, every day bro here i ski all the blacks shawnee i got this <laughs> i got this corbett's that's not a big deal nothing nothing <laughs> nothing for me bro and even if they don't drop in i just want to see the the look of terror on them when they decide not to drop in <laughs> Dude, that would be so awesome. The clowns the of Corbett's. The crying, the piss in their pants. That'd be great. And you signed a waiver that we can use all this footage. <laughs> That's right. Every <laughs> single second of it. Every tear. Yeah. Every excuse. We're using it. Even the bullying after in the bar with your, your friends. We're going to use that footage too. At the Mangy Moose. At the Mangy Moose. It's awesome. I love it. Clowns of Corbett's. Clowns yeah, of Corbett's. So- so wipe out. I'm just surprised like more people don't die on these game shows. Like some of them. Right? I think like, yeah, the American Ninja Warrior, like that Titan games with uh, yeah. Hannah Teeter and The Rock. There's a bunch of those ones. You I think- haven't seen Titan games. I saw ta- Tag was pretty good. That's with the uh, the Watt brothers. Yeah. Um, that's pretty good. A lot of the people that compete, though, are like parkour people. So you see them start jumping around. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like unassuming, like you think they're in decent shape and they're like jumping all over the place. It's pretty cool. Dude, why the hell, when we were kids, did they teach us square dancing instead of parkour? Oh, that should have been. That should have been part of the curriculum. Think how much more awesome we all would have been if we had parkour at, in gym instead of stupid square dancing. Why did we do that? Like, what I the just, hell was the point? Every time I think of parkour, I think of the office episode where they do parkour. <laughs> <laughs> I was jumping on stuff. Yeah. There was a guy. So I did a, I did a, a half mutter with uh, Steve. And one of the guys we were doing the mutter with, he's like, yeah, he's like, I'm just back on my feet. You know, I'm going to take it easy. And, you know, he's in great shape. He's like, yeah, I broke my leg in like two places. I'm like, what happened? He's like, I'm a parkour instructor. I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) You're an instructor. I was like, damn. That's a cool gig. Yeah, but that makes you realize, too, like the guy's been doing it for years and he instructs and even he broke his leg in like a bad break. Well, parkour, I mean, there's no real safe way to do it, you know? Like, you never know. Like, if you don't know how, if the structures you're going to jump on are are solid, if things slip or move, or you hit a, a patch of water or something. Like, there's so many variables in parkour. Yeah. But, again, like, so much better than square dancing. Why square didn't we do dancing. that? Yeah. What, what else was stupid that we learned? 
Math. We did some stupid things. No, but square dancing takes the cake. That was the biggest waste of time ever. I think square dancing was really, really bad. They would be better off teaching us like ballroom dancing or something. At least you could use that for your wedding. Like right. salsa? salsa, salsa dancing, lambada, the forbidden dance. Something to pick up like women, you know, like square dancing. Like I'm going to take somebody out square dancing. Like, are they 70 or 80? Like, <laughs> yeah, perhaps if I had a time machine, <laughs> I went back to Texas in 1920, it would be wonderful to know how to square dance. Want to cruise by the senior center to pick up some, some chicks like that. Yeah. It's not helpful. Where did gilfs at? <laughs> i'm ready to promenade man i got i got my uh i got my gin and prune juice baby <laughs> god damn uh, well on that note thank you everyone so much for listening we do appreciate it check us out skibumpodcast.com black friday deals skibumpodcast.com slash shop we will have them out there by the time this launches happy Follow thanksgiving us- Thanksgiving. Follow us on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. What's the other one? Oh, the good one. Untapped at Ski Bump Podcast. Oh my untapped. god. Oh. If I you can't need put my water on Untapped, I don't think they have that. They don't have water. They don't um, have water. If you need stickers, send us an email or just send us a note. Ski Bump Podcast at gmail.com. DM us on Instagram. And have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Stay high, stay polluting. See ya.